0: next week. Um, I just want to do part two of kind of what we talked about, started talking about last week uh, in the, in the message in just a few minutes. So uh, I just want to be with you, man. I don't know how your week went. My week was insane and crazy. And I am so glad to be here at church with you because I need this, man. I need this. I need to know my my brothers and sisters are praying with me, I need to know that we are still in community, Uh, we are are meeting together and the purpose of meeting together is to praise God, to encounter Him, two are better than one, that's what the Bible says Uh, when we touch things in agreement they happen, there's more return for our work the Bible says when, we get, when we're together, I believe that even in this construct, even in this day and age where we're having to meet virtually, that that principle still exists because my God works not just in physical space but in spiritual space. And together, my friends, we are the body of Christ working this thing out together. So I don't know where you are, whether you are in North Jersey, whether you're in Philly, uh, whether you are here in South Jersey, Uh, Area, Whether you are part of our global uh, community as Connect Church, we are so glad that you are here with us uh, today as we're celebrating. You know, this is our birthday month, um, church birthday month, and uh, we're headed into 23 years. Can't believe it. It's incredible what God is getting ready to do. We're going to be celebrating our birthday at the end of the month, uh, but for me, today is a special day. And and it's uh I I'm I'm a little sad. Pastor Danielle isn't next to my side here with me for this moment because, um, it was eight years ago today that Pastor D uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Um and, uh, hmm, you know one one of those things is this. You, none of us ever want to hear those things. We never want to uh, hear those words. Um, from the report from the doctor. And many uh, of you have had. Uh, uh, biopsies that have gone, and you've you 've had to wait for that response to come back and some of those responses were good, and some of them were were trying like this one was, but you know I know this. Um, The Bible says, I will see the goodness of my God in the land of the living. And today, I'm celebrating that because uh, she's eight years, come on, cancer-free now. And God is a faithful God. And I just want to speak uh, to to someone out there today. Maybe you're going through cancer. I believe that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Come on, connect church, say amen. Add your agreement with me today that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You will not just be healed on the the other side of the veil. That is a certainty. But I want to tell you, I believe that my God's mercies are new this morning. I believe that my God is still a healer. I believe that Jesus is still on the throne. I believe that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of us. And if he can manifest himself to raise the dead, he can manifest himself in such a way that cancer cannot live. That leukemia has to go away. That Hodgkin's disease must vanish right now in the name of, ad- of Jesus. That addiction must vanish in Jesus' name. That whatever uh, w- whatever sickness, whatever hold the enemy has over you right now, someone say amen. Just type amen in that, in that bar. Shout it out in your living room. If you are going through it right now, you claim it for yourself. Say, Jesus, may that be me today. I join that prayer in agreement. Come on, There's power when we do this stuff together. I'm believing that my God is able. If he can do it for D, he can do it for you. If he raised Lazarus from the dead, he can do the miracle inside of you. If he can take a couple uh, things of bread and a handful of fish and feed 5,000, my God can actually do a supernatural miracle inside of you. If you need a job right now, I believe my God can do a supernatural miracle inside of you, for you, through you, in the world around you. That's who my God. Jesus is not a pulper. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the Prince of heaven. Come on. He rules it all. There's nothing outside of his control. We're going to talk about authority in just a little bit today, but I wanted to just encourage you because I get encouraged on this day every time it rolls around. There, there's always this moment of, of, of remembering the, the sadness and the trial and the, 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 the ouch that happened when we heard the report. But my God's report is stronger than the report of the uh, of the doctors. My kings, we're going to believe someone's report today. I choose to believe the report of the Lord over your life. Well, look, if you're a guest, we don't always start out church that way, but we're so glad that you're here with us today. We, we, no matter where you're from, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your story. We want to let you, know, we want to know how you got connected. Uh, and, and if you're looking to actually be planted in this house, can I encourage you? There's a link tree link that's going to be up there uh, on, on all the different sites. If you could just go there, uh, let us know about your life. Let us know a little bit about your story. We want to get connected to you. You were worth dying for. You're worth getting to know. Um, on that Linktree link, man, there's so many things you can find out about the church There, you find out all about the church, but you can, you can sign up for Forged, which is our men's Bible study that's going on every week. And man, it's been powerful. We're seeing God do amazing things in men, raising up families right now. You can be, uh, 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 sign up and register for shoulder to shoulder, which is our women's Bible study as well. That goes on on Sunday night, tonight, as well as through the week. It's a place that you can give from today. Uh, and be a part of this community. Well, I'm, I'm just really glad you're here today. I really, really am. I believe God has something for you. I, I believe somebody just got something all right, already, but I believe that you are not here by mistake. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're watching this live with us. We hope you do. I want to encourage you, church to watch it live with us if you can. I think there's something powerful about when we actually begin to do this all together in the same time frame. But my God's outside of time and space, so even if you're watching this later on, can I encourage you, there is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. I was just speaking to some friends last night just about how prayer changes things. Prayer changes things, and prayer gives us peace. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of crud going on in the world right now with all, everything. There's just, it, there, there seems to be one thing after another thing after another thing that is kind of piling on uh, in our world. And peace is usually the thing that goes missing in the midst of this. I'm not talking about global peace. I'm talking about personal peace our peace with God. But, you know, we don't have to live without peace because prayerful people are people of peace. People of prayer are people of peace. that's, that's actually what, what Philippians four says. In Philippians four, six and seven, it says, Don't be anxious about anything, right? Which okay, thanks. Um, and, and Paul's saying that because he recognizes we are anxious about lots of things. That's the natural state of broken humanity, to worry. Right? So he says, don't, don't be anxious about anything. Of course, he's writing this from prison, which kind of puts it in perspective a little bit about what I worry about. He's saying I'm in prison, so don't be worried. He says, Don't be anxious about anything. Here's the key. Through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God that, pass, that passes all understanding, transcends it, goes far exceedingly beyond it, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. There is a way, there's a pathway to peace. And it's actually by prayer. By lifting up prayer is where burdens exchange hands man the burdens that i carry we definitely have them in our hands but when i pray i exchange them into his hands and there's a sense of peace and i want to pray together right now um i I want to pray together and 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 what i'm going to pray together uh i'm going to pray and then i'm going to just give us a moment and in that silent time can you think of just one family member just pray for them just think of one, just one friend or coworker, and name them by name, and maybe one person that you have maybe struggled with, or maybe uh, that you're, you're you're wrestling to love, and 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 begin to pray for that that person. Just just really quickly, and allow the God, allow the, the Prince of Peace to bring His peace into your life. So we're going to pray together. We've got all sorts of things coming up this pandemic. We still have racial unrest, economic instability, election questions, all sorts of things, economic struggles. All these things can rob us of our peace. But let's exchange burdens today. Come on, can we pray together? And then at the end, just take a moment. A family member, a friend, and someone that maybe God has been laying on your heart. Come on. Father, we thank you. Daddy, today we've come before you. You are the Prince of Peace. You're the king of kings. You are the Lord above all things. You are worthy of our praise and worthy of our attention. You're worthy of our time today. We extend to you all glory and all honor. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals. You are Jehovah Nisi. You're the banner of love over us. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're the one that provides for us. And so we proclaim your name above all things. Daddy, let your peace come today. Take these burdens of uncertainty Lift them off of each shoulder, Lord God. You said your burden is easy, your yoke is light. And so I pray today as we cast our cares upon you, that you may place your peace upon us in this beautiful exchange of ownership of these circumstances. Fill us with wisdom to know how to respond, Lord God, and a passion for you that just flows out of us, a trust that comes through faith. Jesus, come and do what only you can do. As we lift up this, family member and friend and other, I pray that you may move in power. Father, I pray today, just take a moment and pray. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for praying together um, and thanks for praying with me as we, uh, as we believe. I hope I hope that you're starting to feel peace. There's peace in this there's peace in this house right now, I promise you. There's just a sense of peace. Hey, if you brought your Bible today, would you open with me to Acts chapter 22? We're still in Acts. Um, but we're going to do part two of the, the message we started last week called the Pop Quiz dilemma, the Pop quiz, dilemma part two, right? We, we, we talked about last week a little bit about how um, when you're in grade school or in high school, you, you get this pop quiz and you get all nervous, you get stressed out because you weren't expecting it. And how sometimes, I'm not saying that I did, but sometimes when you feel like you weren't prepared for it or ready for it, uh, you might want, you might be tempted to sneak a peek. I'm just saying, sneak a peek, sometimes sneak a peek. Um, but look, here's the deal, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to holiness. There's no shortcuts to wholeness. Uh, there's no shortcut to the breakthrough of our life. There's no shortcuts to, to really spiritual maturity in our lives. And, and Paul, in this text, what we see is that, that, that Paul was going to the, the, the house of God to worship, and all of a sudden he, he kind of finds himself in this uh, pop-up trial um, where all these forces are coming against him, and he didn't do anything wrong. And they just kind of came against him and he finds himself arrested. He finds himself um, getting ready to be flogged. And all of these bad things happen. And, and how he responds, come on, how he responds changes things. My friends, how you and I respond to these moments, these trials, these temptations that we face in the midst of the trials, actually will, will, will influence our own lives. Will influence our sense of peace and joy, our wholeness, or, or our brokenness. They will influence others, how they see Jesus, how, how, how they encounter God's love. It will influence our future and the future of our generations, because the Bible says what you sow today, you'll reap tomorrow. And so there's this all these principles that work here on how we respond to the temptations we face in these pop-up moments, uh, to sneak a peek, right? to cheat a little bit, to, to just give in a little bit, to deal with the stress in a way that would be beneficial, seemingly beneficial for us, but actually hurt us in the long run. Today, I believe that as we can look at this, we can see how we can overcome these temptations by the things God and Jesus Christ has already done in our lives. Let's look at this together. Acts chapter 22, starting verse 25. As they stretched Paul out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? They were going to flog him because they wanted to find out why the other people were assaulting him which is just messed up. The other people are assaulting him. He gets arrested, not them. They're going to flog him to find out why the other people were upset with him. It's craziness. So when the centurion heard that he was a, a, a Roman citizen, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. Uh, what are you going to do, this measure. I uh, just read that. The commander went to Paul, sorry, and asked, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, Paul answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. He bought it. Listen to what Paul says. Underline this. But I was born a citizen. My friends, if you know Jesus Christ, you are born again a citizen of heaven. You have rights as a citizen of glory. He says, I was born a citizen uh, Paul replied, those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The enemy withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. The the commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews. So the next day, he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul to them and had him stand before him. I want to talk about... Dealing with our temptations in these trials, we talked last week about the temptation uh, of what language we speak, and Paul had to learn how to speak his native, I his, mean his, his birth language, and that Paul had to make sure that he kept his conviction of others in priority, that he had to make sure that he saw these trials through kingdom lenses so that when he was facing this temptation, these temptations, he, he wouldn't miss the mark. And my friends, we need to see our trials and the temptations that come through these trials through kingdom lenses so we know how to respond correctly and so that we don't miss the mark. And, and and one of the temptations that you and I are going to face, I'm here to tell you, we're going to face this when we face trials that pop up in our life is the temptation of being a martyr. <laughs> the temptation of being a the martyr. I think one of the greatest temptations that we face as men and women of God when we are facing trials of every kind is the temptation to play the martyr, right? It's fine. It's all part of it. It's all good. I can handle it. I guess this is just what I have to do to get through this. I, 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 all, 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 and the, the problem with this is that all that all, all that we have to go through stinks, right? It's it's horrible. But somehow by doing this, somehow by playing this martyr role, we believe that it gives us some sort of spiritual clout. I know, but I can do it. I can handle it. I'll get through it. And as it gives us some sort of spiritual clout, as if like it's revealing some sort of, of, of level of maturity or strength inside of us, because after all, we can take it. We can take it. Can you imagine Paul sitting there, he's getting ready to be flogged, and he's like, oh, I guess I'm just going to get flogged. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I'm just going to. I, I've had worse. I've had worse. I mean, I've been shipwrecked. I've been stoned. I, I, I've been left for dead. I mean, I can go through it. I mean, I guess this is just all part of it. No. No. No, no, no. Listen, the Spirit may have said to him, and he did. The Spirit said that you're going to be arrested. If you go to, 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 to Jerusalem, you're going to face trial. But the Spirit did not say that he was going to be flogged, that he had to accept every part of the trial that came into his life, especially when he had the power, the power, the power to change it. You and I have the power to change things because of the blood of Jesus, because we were born again into the Spirit of God. See, this is where the spirit of martyrdom gets uh, easily creeps in because it's fed by our soul. This this broken part of us, right, that craves attention, that craves glory. The problem is, at times, playing the victim or playing the martyr can actually give it the attention and the glory that our soul so desperately needs. The truth is, my friends, the spirit of martyrdom is just pride dressed up in different clothing. It's pride, trick-or-treating, as sacrifice. That's what the spirit of martyrdom does. Is it's pride, trick-or-treating, as sacrifice. I can, I will, I guess, I can handle. I'll give I'll, I'll, I'll give. I'll give that up. I can get through it. I can take it. I, I, I. I. And if I get you through it, I get the credit for it. And here's what really stinks about that is that the word says that if we already receive our reward from man, then we get no reward in heaven. Come on, we're going to go through all of this stuff. We're gonna handle all this, playing the martyr, going through all of everything that we that we think we have to go through, that we have to handle, that we have to push through on our own, to not get a reward in heaven. Really? I mean, D, D teases me about it all the time because I, sometimes I can play the martyr. Just being honest, right? And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm one of the, I'm one of those people that I, I want to fix things. I want to get things done uh, I'll push through. Part of being an athlete is, man, you know, you just go do it. And sometimes that's healthy and sometimes it's not. And Dee teaches me all the time. She's like, dude, you're going to get to heaven and have a hammock. You're going to have two trees and a hammock. I hope you enjoy it because you're getting all your reward now. The spirit of martyrdom actually robs us of blessing rather than positions us for blessing. See, the truth is, that the, the, the reality is, my friends, that there actually may be, here's, what, here's the hard thing, there actually may be some things we have to sacrifice. No, no, I'm not even just saying maybe, there will be things that we're going to have to sacrifice. Matter of fact, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that, um, that we should present ourselves as the living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is our acceptable, reasonable act of service. There are going to be sacrifices that we are going to have to make because it's our reasonable act of service. the reasonable. And we're going to have to sacrifice time and sacrifice some desire, sacrifice resources at times, sacrifice the, 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 what, what we believe is our rights to do or feel because it's our act, it's our reasonable act of service to God. I'm not saying there's not going to be sacrifice, but here's why it's so tricky. Because the spirit of being a martyr is our soul's best attempt to mimic what the Holy Spirit is actually calling us to be without having to fully surrender to Him. It's our soul's best attempt to mimic what the Holy Spirit is calling us to be without actually fully surrendering to Him. Because our soul is asking the question, what is it that I have to sacrifice? What is it that, that, that I can do that looks like sacrifice? But without having to give up surrender to the Holy Spirit, because he may ask me to do more than what I'm comfortable to do. What is it? See, my friends, the Holy Spirit is calling us to be martyrs. He is. Matter of fact, Acts chapter one verse eight. One of the last things Jesus says to us before he's taken into heaven is, as he says, "Look, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world." We're like, "All right, that's awesome. I could be a witness." No, no, no. That Greek word is not witness. That Greek word is martyr. No, we are going to have to sacrifice, be willing to sacrifice for the king and for the kingdom. We're going to have to be, learn how to sacrifice as we share the, uh, the gospel with people, as we consider others better than ourselves as we learn to love our neighbors as ourselves, there's sacrifice that's going to come as we learn to love our enemies as Jesus command, there's sacrifice. As we are not ashamed to preach and p- present the gospel of Jesus Christ to people, no, there's going to be sacrifice in there. My friends, there are sacrifices that are reasonable act of service that the Holy Spirit is calling us to make, but our soul is going to try to mimic it by actually saying, what is it that I can sacrifice to make it look like a sacrifice? To make it look like I've sacrificed for the kingdom. See, here's what we have to understand. When we make sacrifices we are not appointed to make, it positions us outside of our divine calling. When we make sacrifices we're not appointed to make. When God didn't call us to make those things. When we didn't hear from the Spirit. When we're not responding to the written word of God. When we're not responding to what God's saying. When we're making sacrifices we're not appointed to make, it positions us outside of our divine calling. We actually can see this in 1 Samuel chapter 13, this really sad moment where King Saul, maybe, by the way, who Paul is named after, Saul of Tarsus, he he loses his kingship. It's this moment where he actually offers a sacrifice he's not supposed to, to make. And in it, he loses his kingship and David comes to become king it's this juxtaposition moment where we see in Saul man's best attempt to rule versus David God's ordained man to rule and Saul was given this word by Samuel the prophet go to this place and I know you're going to face the enemy there and wait 7 days and I will come and meet you and I'll offer up an offering and you'll win the day but the bible says that Saul gets to the place and he's so uh, he has so much unrest He's so impatient that the Bible says he offers the sacrifice himself. He does, he gives a sacrifice he was not appointed to make. Samuel shows up and says, What did you do? And I love what verse 12 says. Here's his response I had to force myself to do it. I mean, you got to understand, Samuel, the people, I did it for the people. I mean, the people were waiting. I mean, I couldn't make the people wait. I mean, people were getting nervous. They were getting scared. I mean, the enemy was there. I I, I forced, I had to do it. I forced myself to do it. (laughs) Hey, right there, spirit of martyrdom. Right? And what we have to grab a hold of that is that his rights as a king do not, do not, supersede God's rights as the king to determine how we should respond in the midst of our moments. Can I just, just put a pin in that for a second? Let me just say this too. Dean and I have been talking about, man, the need for the, for the church in America to not be the American church, but actually to be, uh, not to be American Christians, but to be Christians who dwell in America. My friends, our rights as Americans do not supersede god's sovereign right as the lord of all to determine what we should go through how we should go through it how long we should go through it the response we should have in the midst of it i know but i've got rights as an american no no no. my citizenship is not here if that's the authority you want to live under, come on somebody, then that's the authority that's going to have to take care of your future. I don't, no, no sir, I'm going to put my life and my family and my hope under a higher authority and trust my king to provide what only my king can provide. Come on, Saul was given a sacrifice. He wasn't called to make and he lost his kingship. I think so many of us are losing what God has called us to have. We're losing losing our health. We're losing our peace. We're losing our joy. We're losing our testimonies. Why? Because Because the spirit of pride is masquerading as personal sacrifice. I mean, we see it in Moses, don't we? Moses, he doesn't get to go in the promised land. It's not that he didn't go to heaven. He didn't get to go into the promised land. He didn't get to live in the fullness of the abundance of everything God had promised him because he takes this rock and God says, speak to it. He gets frustrated. And he's upset and whatever. And he strikes the rock instead of it. The spirit, I, 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 I can do it. I, I, I'll get it done. Boom. He lost abundant life. I want to make sure that my life is under the right authority. See, here's the power. Here's the good news. Here's, here's what we need to grab a hold of, I think, in this message. Paul understood the, his citizenship. He understood the authority that that, that, that uh, citizenship bestowed upon him. He understood that his authority was not seated in himself, but was was seated in the one who gave him the citizenship. Come on, he says, I have a citizenship because I was born into this bad boy. Come on, my friends, if you know Jesus, if you've said yes to him, if you've made him Lord and Savior for life, then you are born again into the citizenship of the King of heaven who has all authority under heaven and earth has been given to him and he has the name above all Names, come on. Ephesians 1.13 says, "I When I came to Jesus, I was sealed with the precious Holy Spirit, a deposit guaranteeing my inheritance. Paul says in Philippians 3.20, I am a citizen of heaven. My citizenship is in heaven. My nationality is I'm an American, but my citizenship is in heaven. Heaven and I eagerly await, Paul says, a king from there who has all authority and will transform my lowly body to be like his. That means there's nothing in my body that is more powerful than the one who is above my king above my above my body. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. My authority is not in myself, my authority is the one is is found in the one that is seated in on the throne. That's why my friends, these trials that we go through, we get to rejoice in them. Do you know why? Because they're just another opportunity for us to connect to Jesus, to get to know him differently, to see him differently, to experience him differently. Man, John, the great apostle is in exile in Patmos. And, and when he's in exile in Revelation 4, he has a revelation of who Jesus is. He looks up and there the Bible says, I see one seated on the throne and it's surrounded by lightning and thunder. And elders falling down saying, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come the whole earth is" filled with his glory the kingdom is surrounded the king is surrounded by glory that's who we're talking about paul is in prison and 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 the bible says in ephesians 1:19 he said come on this is what i know i pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened so that you may know the incomparably great power for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ. Why? That power is the Greek word akousia. It means delegated power, delegated authority. It's not ours, but it was given to us for the purpose to use it. Come on, somebody. Paul proclaiming his Roman citizenship uh, uh, in, in the midst of this trial is him understanding the authority that comes with the citizenship. Why are we silent in the midst of our trials when God has given us the ability, the authority of the king over certain things in those trials? I'm not going to take Man, why are we letting our families get flogged? Why are we letting our futures get flogged, our joy get flogged, when we have the citizenship of heaven? Let me just say this for a moment. Men, can I just speak to the men here for a second? Man, I, I, I get it. I, I know at times we are too much, uh, too connected to relying on our own strength, to being the fixers, to being the problem solvers. I, I know in and of ourselves that we, we rely on our own strength because we, we got to fix things. We got to be the strong man. But that's not what God's called you to. God's called you to be the high, the, the priest of your family, to administrate God's worship, kingdom worship in your household. Your role as the man of God is to be the priest of God in that household, to administrate kingdom worship in that place. Yup. And he's given you the authority to do it. And you can say, yeah, but I want to be a warrior. I, I want to be a soldier. Do you know what real soldiers do? We can see it in Luke 7. The centurion comes to Jesus and he has someone sick in his household. And Jesus said, I'll come with you. And he goes, you don't need to come. Man, just say the word. I understand authority. I'm a man who has authority and works under authority and works with authority. Your word has authority. So you give me the word and I understand that that word carries with it authority for my household. Come on, somebody. We need to be men that carry the authority of God into the household with us, taking authority. Come on. We've got a a powerful chainsaw in the garage. We're trying to cut down a tree with a butter knife. Come on, you've got authority, men. We shouldn't be waiting for the, our wives to, to lead the household spiritually. We should be leading the household spiritually. Get the kids up early. Get them, in front, get them in front of that TV that you're watching and you're experiencing right now as church. Get them experiencing you getting the word inside of you. Then stay with them for afterwards for kids' service as the word gets inside of them. Come on, it shouldn't be the wife that's leading in tithing. Well, I guess I know what we'll talk because my wife t- says t- No, no, we're going to lead. We're going to lead. Take authority that was given you as the man of the house. Man, that's what wi- godly women are looking for. They're not looking for you to just be the decision maker. They're looking for you to be the priest. The priest. That's what godly women are looking for. The priest that leads his household into kingdom worship in every way and in everything because you have been delegated authority from the king above we cannot my friends give in to this temptation of martyrdom of being the martyr playing the martyr we are citizens of heaven but the problem is what goes hand in hand in it with that is the temptation of mis- misappropriating our freedom because did you see right after that moment he proclaims a citizenship, the centurion releases him, but he releases him to face those who oppose him, the forces that oppose him. And what I love about Paul is he didn't back down and he didn't play small. He opposed the forces that opposed him face to face with the word and the truth of God. Man, my friends, you and I have forces that oppose us. I'm not talking about those who wear masks or don't wear masks. I'm talking about the the, the forces of the fallen world. Sickness, disease, offense, hatred, racism. Come on, somebody. Wickedness in high places. The the, the forces of the the sinful, broken nature inside of each one of us. Paul says in Romans 7, 15, why do I always do what I don't want to do? Why? Because there's this broken me inside of me that opposes the things of God. I've got the forces of the enemy out there in the real world that actually opposed me. Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, think correctly, stand firm. Why? Because I've got an enemy out there who is waiting, roaring roaming around like a lion. He's not, but he's pretending to be one. He's mimicking, come on somebody, he's mimicking the closest thing the spirit can do. He's mimicking the real lion, looking for someone to devour. God, the lion of Judah wants to elevate the act. The lion, uh, uh, the, the 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 roaming lion, he actually wants to devour. But we can't play small. When we get our freedom, we can't play small. Here's the tricky thing I think about freedom. Freedom is tricky, because freedom is the road upon which both free will and divine part uh, and, and divine a purpose walk hand in hand. It's the road in which free will and divine purpose should be walking hand in hand. See, I can't, ha- I-, I-, I can't actually experience love and show love without actually having free will. Free will is a necessity for love to be experienced. Because if I stick a gun to someone's head and say, love me, and they act on that, how do I know if they really love me or not? I have to remove the gun. I have to give them a free will not to love me. That's why the Bible says in Galatians 5, verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ came to set me free, so I no longer go back to the yoke of sin and slavery. right? See, my freedom in Christ isn't about getting to do what I want to do. It's getting to do what I couldn't do before, which was to be holy. The issue is, I think, if I'm honest, as I look at life, I think the issue for me is that the first thing that usually tends uh, to, to be excused away by freedom is holiness. Our holiness at times is the first thing that gets excused away after we get a little bit of freedom. So we're going through the trial. We're really kind of pushing into God. We're, 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 trying to, we're praying. We're listening to the word. But then we, 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 we get a little freedom from it, and then we get lax like we, we get a little freedom from this pandemic, and we lose masks. Just throwing that out there. We get lax. It's like the very, the very first year, like, do you remember going to college? The first year of college, man, you get out of your parents' house, and everybody goes crazy. They go crazy. They, they're, they're doing everything that, that, that they, they've never done before, and, and that's why I saw a statistic the other day. That's why 28 percent, that's more than one out of every four college students, 28 percent of every college student doesn't go back after year one most of them is because they were asked not to come back because of grades. they, they got a little freedom and they got lax in their life and that's what happens I think in our spiritual life as well man we, 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 when we're in the trial at times man we're pushing into Jesus man we're, we're, we're going through well we started when we started when we started these uh, doing, doing church this way man people couldn't wait to get to Sunday morning this was breath. But now we've gone through it a little bit. Come on, let's be honest. We've gone through it a little bit. The urgency's backed off. We get a little lax. So we have to ask ourselves, is this conviction or restriction? Did we we do or not do the things of of God out of conviction or because of the restriction that the trial put on us? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. How convicted are we about holiness? How convicted are we about staying connected to the Holy One Himself? Here's what I fear, here's here's what I fear. I fear that if if we're only holy because of the restriction, because of the trial, that we're gonna just keep facing trial after trial after trial after trial because my God is more interested in us being healthy and holy, than he is being happy. But his desire isn't even just for us to be just healthy. It's for us to be healed. There's this beautiful moment in Luke chapter 17, where these 10 lepers come to Jesus, and they're sick. They have leprosy. And Jesus says, go wash yourself and present yourself to uh, the priest at the temple, and you'll be, made, you'll, be, you'll, you'll be healed. And the Bible says, as they go, they're healed. They go and present themselves to the, the high, uh, to the priests, but only one of them comes back. Only one of them comes back, and here's what I know. Leprosy kept them from temple worship. Leprosy kept them out of community. It kept them isolated and feeling alone. They weren't allowed to go to worship. They couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't be in community. They felt isolated. They felt alone. And the moment that the other nine got to go back to worship service, got to go back just to be a part of community, they they stopped feeling isolated. They stopped feeling alone. they didn't really need Jesus anymore. They got what they wanted from him, and they were fine when they could go back to their old life, they were thankful for what Jesus did for them, but they didn't need to go back to him. But the one, he wasn't satisfied with just being healed. He wanted the face of the one who healed him. That's what I'm asking today. The one wasn't satisfied without Jesus. He wasn't satisfied Without staying connected to him, he came back and fell down and worshiped him. And do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, Jesus says to him, rise up, go home. Your faith has made you well. That Greek word for well actually means to be healed so that even the scars aren't seen anymore. See, when a leper would be healed, he'd have to go to the priest and show him the scars of where the leprosy was. So that he could see that he was healed see the natural priest is always looking for the scars to make sure that you are right but the high priest isn't looking for scars. he's looking for you to be whole he's looking to bring wholeness into our lives why because wholeness is the environment of the holy one wholeness and holiness is the environment of the holy one Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's what's surrounding the throne all day long. My friends, why are we walking in freedom? Why walk in freedom when we can walk in wholeness and in holiness? What's our conviction? Are we using our freedom? Are we only seeking wholeness? And seeking his face because of the restrictions that we're facing. Like the 10 lepers, when we finally get back to get back the ability to go back to a building, we finally get to have some more unrestricted community life, we feel a little less isolated when we get back to our old life. I don't want to be the non lepers. I want to be the one who seeks the one. God's greatest desire for us isn't just for you and I to be healed. It's for you and I to be whole. And holiness can never be found by misappropriating the freedom that grace gives us to feed the desires of our own heart. But rather, To fuel the fire of holiness. There's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice and my body is going to be it. But it's not a sacrifice so I get the praise. It's laying my life down. Giving him the right to say and do whatever he wants to do with my life. Not so that we get the glory. But so that my king gets all the glory. The greatest purpose of our life is not just to experience the freedom of grace. It is to utilize the grace for the purpose of grace. Which is to live a life in such a way as to give the one who gave us the grace all the glory. Today, my friends, that's the opportunity that you have. I don't know where you are with Jesus. I don't know where you are with God. Maybe you've been at this church since the beginning. Maybe you just tuned in today. Maybe you've known God and walked away. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. But today is your moment to do so. Today is your invitation. Today, the door is wide open. You don't have to be a martyr because Christ was already martyred for you. One man died so that we all could be free. That's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And The beautiful thing is that the Bible says if you just simply open up your life to Him today, no matter where you are, no matter how far you've gone from Him, whether you used to know Him and walked away like the prodigal son and it's time to come back, come on, the Bible says, the moment the son turned around and started heading back to the Father, father ran to him. My God will run to you. He will not make you run to him. He will run to you. He is not standing there with arms crossed and said, boy, you better crawl back. He sees you the moment you turn around and cry out to him. He is running full on. He's been waiting for you to turn around because that's the road, the road, the road, my friends is where free will and divine purpose should be walking hand in hand. Maybe you've broken hands with God and started walking down the road the opposite way. Repent, turn around, run back to the hand that's still there, that holds it out in grace and mercy. and says, come on, let's live this thing together in wholeness and holiness. Let's see what the divine power of our king can do in a world that is lost and needs him. It's you. That conduit is you. That conduit is me. But I can't do it on my own. And I'm not called to be the Christ. I'm not called to be the Messiah. If I try to be the Messiah, I'll pay the Messiah's price and they will kill me. But if I will trust the Messiah, he already died and rose again. And the power of hell, the power of death, the power of sickness bows at his feet. The power of racism bows at his feet. The power of hatred bows at his feet. The power of ins- uh, of insecurity, of addiction, of sin, of hatred, of lack bows at the feet of Jesus. Today is our day to just turn around and walk back down that road hand in hand with his divine purpose in his divine person of Jesus. If that's what you're looking for today, can I just encourage you to pray this prayer with me? It's simple, but it's powerful. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I've come to give you every part of my life. I'm holding nothing back. It's all yours. I willingly sacrifice my life for you. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. To forgive me of everything I've done. Fill me with your spirit and make me your child. I choose today to live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hey, come on, come on, church, can we give God some glory right now? Because I believe that there are people who just prayed that who stepped into wholeness in the kingdom of God. The Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing right now because you made that decision. And we want to rejoice with you here at Connect. Can you just let us know that you made that decision? We have a book we'd love to send you. It's written by one of our pastors, Rick Campana. Uh, it explains just what, what, what went on and how to live this thing out a little bit more. It's, it's a short book, but boy, it's powerful. It's so good. Uh, the Forward's written by Carson Wentz. We love Carson. Uh, we, we partner with Carson Wentz's a One Foundation in, uh, in Thy Kingdom Crum our mobile food truck. But if you made that decision today, man, let us know. Send us at prayer at the Connect Church, and we'll make sure, your name, your address, we'll make sure that we send you out that book. Tell us a little story today. Here's a testimony of what God is doing in your life. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, up, come on, searchers, above, above, what a great God we have, above. My God never does anything below. He does everything above. He excels. He exceeds. He hyper exceeds. Man, that's, that, that's, I'm, so, I'm so glad that you're here today. Can I really encourage you? We're going to continue to worship the Lord with, with really uh, part of the sacrifice uh, of our lives, which is giving. Um, because when we give, it's, it's not just sacrificing our money. It's actually considering others. It's considering the needs of others. It's actually seeing a way that I can love my neighbor as myself. Because we love our neighbors by, by everything that church is doing right now. Giving food away and giving hope away, and talking and praying and being a part of community, man, God's doing amazing things. There's this moment in Ruth, Ruth chapter two. I love this moment, where um, Ruth and Boaz are both both don't have spouses, and the Bible says that Boaz followed the word of the Lord and actually on how to provide for his community. He left uh, when he was when he was uh, harvesting. He would leave part of the harvest for those who had lack. He could, have, he could have taken it. He could have made money. He could have actually you know, provided more for his family, but he followed the word of the Lord. The Bible says in verse 4 that, that Ruth was gleaning in the fields, following the harvesters, and Boaz saw her. And not only did he get a godly wife out of that, but he becomes a grandparent to jesus christ something happened his community got blessed the people in lack got blessed he honored god by honoring his word and the bible says when you god says when you honor what i honor i will honor you he turned around and gave him a godly wife gave ruth a godly husband made them into the line that would birth the Messiah of the world. There's absolutely not only momentary uh, blessing, but there's generational response to our giving in today. It not only changes us, it changes others through us. Your giving matters. Can I encourage you right now? Get out your phones. Hop on Linktree. Let's let's give together today. Can we give together? I'm going to give I'm going to give with you right now. I already have my my stuff up right here. You can go to Linktree. You can pop in right there. You can choose how to give. I love that we get to give together. There's going to be dead air for just one second as I continue to <laughs> do all this. Come on. But I believe God, I believe there's power when we give together. I believe there's power when we're worshiping together. I'm excited about doing this. You know, Danielle said a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I tend to, 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 to give on Monday mornings when I get up because I, I'm you know Sunday is, is a rather focused day for us. And uh, I kind of got convicted on that because it was just kind of like, oh, I'm just, all right, I guess on Monday I just, I got to give. And it wasn't I got to, but that was my routine. And I'm thinking, man, I want want to be a part. When we're together, I give when we're together. I want to give when we're together right now because I believe there's power when we give together. Amen. Hallelujah. all hallelujah church birthdays in just a couple weeks uh we, are, we we told you already uh you know we're not taking a heart for the house offering this year from the standpoint of uh really pushing it because we recognize where everybody is but we also realize we know people have been asking can they still give to be a part of that celebrating of course this is this is a moment that we should be celebrating man when churches have, when we have birthdays we respond. And I'm excited about that. Can I tell you the building projects moving forward, going well, man, just continue. I don't. I know for me, that's helping me be patient right now in the midst of this, because eye has not seen, ear has not heard, heart has not fathomed, the Bible says, how good the gifts God has for those who love him. My God is doing something. I, mm, I'm pray with me. I believe that there are seeds being planted right now for what's going to happen in that new building. Friends, family members who've never known Jesus, never been healed, never been set free, going to find a place in there. They're going to walk in, just like many have got connected online because they didn't know church could be like this. They're going to walk in and go, man, I never knew church could look like this, be like this, feel like this, sound like this. Come on. This is not what Danielle and I are doing. This is what Connect Church is doing. We are doing this hand in hand. Where two touch something in agreement, God adds his connection. Where two uh, start something to work, there's more return. Come on, we've been talking about it. I believe this is community. Let's keep praying, believing for God to do something. Well, hey, look, uh, shoulder to shoulder is tonight, our women's ministry, seven o'clock. Even if you've never been a part of it, man, send, uh, go to Linktree, get get the link. Um, You can't just hop on. You need the link to be able to get there, to be a part of it. Forged. Guys, come on, man, priests take your place, administrate kingdom worship. Part of it starts with being a part of foot force. I believe it. TKC, our, our, our food truck ministry that happens with uh, a one partnership with Wants is AO1 foundation Thursday at the church building. Uh, we have another food run. Uh, we had just one Saturday. Amazing. Man, we're just hearing amazing stories about people. So many people ask us from the food truck ministry runs, when's church going to be open? When's the building going to be open? We just can't wait to be in the building. They've never been to church before. But see, this is what happens. When you sow, come on, when you sow, you'll reap. Can I encourage you? Don't just be praying about that. Pray about coming out to serve. Be a part of the team. Be, be a cheerleader. Just clap. Hold up a sign, man. Give some. Give a box in the back of someone's truck. It's all socially distanced. It's all good. You can go to Linktree. and Again, sign up. Register to be a, a part of serving, ministering. There is a reasonable act of service. And maybe, maybe the, the joy you're missing is because we haven't been serving. I serve the Lord with gladness, and whatever I sow, I shall also reap. Oh, well, we got we to gotta wrap it up. Church, I love you. I am so thankful that you're here today. Uh, kids service is at uh, 12, so stay, sit stay, stay tuned. Uh, I want to sing the the doxology over you today. I've been singing it all morning. Um, So uh, this is how it goes. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father Son, I started too high and Holy Ghost. I love you, church, God bless you and Fly Eagles, fly! Come on baby, let's go!